0: On June 28, 2005, national polygamy advocate Mark Henkel was interviewed by Kim Bonny for the Christian Broadcasting Network, CBN. (laughs) Pat Robertson's 700 Club flew Mark Henkel to the CBN studios in Washington, D.C. In their August 16, 2005 report the TV show publicly acknowledged Christian polygamy as evangelical Christians for the first time. History was made with this interview.
1: Well, tell me a little bit about your organization. You were formed when and how did that kind of come about, truthbearer.org? Okay.
0: The, it actually just sort of, uh, a word I don't really like to say, but it evolved because evolution is <laughs> not a cause uh, that that's uh, something for me. Um, but it really, we, it started, uh, it, it's a, it followed a newspaper uh, as the internet became big in the mid eight, mid 90s. The I started publishing a newspaper called The Standard Bearer, which was a southern Maine newspaper, and in that, starting on July 4th, 1994, I uh, started laying down um, the original argumentations. That proves that that uh, polygamy is truly scriptural. Those arguments uh, got duplicated and uh, ended up, you know, being brought to the internet. And by 1997, uh, we had uh, started a website with uh, with the 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 newspaper and the ministry uh, and the teachings uh, specifically of. Christian polygamy doctrine itself just took off because now you know, Christians from around the world were able to search the net they were just you know, curious you know, why does David have more than one wife that is just a natural question any honest sincere Bible searching Christian is going to ask why is that and so they searched the net and that's where they would find us and so it, it became a uh, um, an organizing factor uh, you know being at this place this is where the arguments you, know, you could see every every single argument answered every question addressed and so it just basically grew from that it, it really uh, as we uh, we say an argument was necessary the arguments were necessary to be laid down in order to really have a forward growing movement and what
1: biggest movement i mean when you when you talk about Christian, right. I think you were very clear that you want to um, point out that you are in no way affiliated with um, Church of Latter-day Saints and Mormonism. Mm-hmm. So how do you differ in practice?
0: That's a very good question. Their theology starts from the idea of a revelation from their, uh, This I'm talking about Mormonism, uh, Joseph Smith, Doctrine and Covenants 132, said uh, you know, polygamy is going to be some new way. And in that particular uh, text, uh, pretty much said that uh, his wife at the time, uh, darn well, better accept it or she will be destroyed. And then they created a theology of this imaginary idea of the pre-existence of souls and uh, Brigham Young... the uh, following leader of that uh, institution then said that uh, it was the Mormon duty to have as many children as possible because these existing souls need to be in the Mormon families, and so that is why they created an obligation that forced the idea of polygamy upon uh, women and certainly was a a negative uh, problem whereas, whereas Christian, Christian polygamy it comes from the standard pro-family conservative evangelical Christian Bible only has no basis, no association with Mormonism never, never has any of its connection with that it was purely a matter of Christians in various denominations any denomination, anybody who is a serious Bible searcher automatically is going to bump into that question why did David have multiple wives or Abraham or, or the twelve tribes of Israel with four wives, why is that and that—that's really what where we come from. So we come from the marriage model of the new covenant, the redemptive plan of God. That uh, the marriage model, according to Ephesians 5:22 to 25, is that of Christ and His churches. And it's—it's—it is a plural aspect of churches. Jesus Himself described Himself that way in the parable of the ten virgins, uh, which is clearly a relationship of Christ and His churches, right there. And so the model is for husbands to love wives as. Christ loves the churches. He loves so much that he gave of himself and, and laid down his life and went to the cross. That's the kind of love that we're talking about a husband having for wives. We're not talking about a flesh-based or, or uh, a, a tyrannical chest-pounding base. Love, not force, clearly is, is the, the what we call the standard of Christian polygamy, and that a husband would love his wife so profoundly that she would see the scripturality and embrace it on her own without coercion without force without anything but the spirit of God himself
1: and you're telling me that there are Christian women out there today who willingly are entering into polygamous relationships because why? that's, ha- that's happening sure. and, I mean I don't think people are really aware right. of that you hear Mormon I mean I mean, excuse me you hear polygamy you think Mormon right. you don't hear polygamy and think Christian Bible sure. believing women
0: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people, uh, you could say uh, they have made a mistake you know, or didn't learn their English class too well in that a neutral noun is not modified by a missing adjective. Mean. Meaning polygamy is a neutral word. And they are applying the word Mormon to Mormon polygamy, not realizing polygamy is a neutral word, just like the word day. A day by itself is neutral. You don't automatically, th- when I say the word day, think rainy day or. You, will, you just think day, but now if I put adjective rainy day, now you have a rainy day. But if you put the word sunny and modify it, you have sunny day. The, m- the noun by itself is not modified by a missing adjective, and that's the problem. People think Mormon, uh, excuse me, think polygamy is Mormon polygamy, not realizing polygamy is neutral in and of itself.
1: You don't think people think polygamy is a negative
0: thing? I, I mean, th- don't. You
1: sent me an article with a recent Gallup poll saying 92% of Americans
0: do think it is. I think it's
1: a negative word. Sure, sure. You would say polygamy. You do not believe polygamy. I mean, you blame that on the media. You blame that on, Mm -hmm. you know,
0: moral relativism. Yes, because first of all, if we're going to believe in the absolute truth of the scripture, the scripture never created anti-polygamy doctrine. It never did. That, if you read the scripture for itself and let it speak for itself, you will not ever find that there. The that came to us. Through the centuries following uh, the birth of Christianity and came to us through uh, the Catholic institution and when the Reformation said that created the Sola Scriptura battle cry that was one of the issues that really needed Reformation as well and that's why what we actually see ourselves doing is we are continuing the Reformation uh, that calls the Sola Scriptura that we need to believe all the scripture that the scripture defines doctrine.
1: So what do you say to the people that say me as bad you know you're crazy you know this is this is this is strange this is aberrant behavior
0: i understand that see what we're actually calling is a high level of Christ likeness that we really are called to love and in some regards you could even say it, it you know people are used to being in third fourth fifth grade and uh, suddenly we're calling a kind of christ like love that's PhD level, you know, that, that we're calling, and we're not saying it's because of any greatness, but rather of humbleness and of greatness and of truly loving woman. Now, what often happens, the way m- many Christian polygamous families end up occurring, is often in a benevolent situation where um, a an abandoned uh, single mom, abandoned by a secular uh, Husband who is abusive, or, or what some other fashion, and uh, certainly he, she and she has a faith in Christ, and a family has a faith in Christ, and th- they, they'll befriend each other, and and the uh, through Bible studies and things will will come to a point, and then they'll understand who, what what's going, uh, what, what's what's in the scriptures, and that may become the basis by which they become a family. So very often you will find uh, a number of Christian polygamous families do tend to be a situation where. Uh, a, a suffering abandoned single mom um, in a very negative situation uh, fr- is actually in a better situation now in, in thriving and having a, a, a God-fearing situation a God-fearing husband uh, directing the family uh, according to the way Christ teaches us to, to give and love and minister um, that's really uh, it, it's, a, it's a benevolent uh, mm. selflessness really
1: what about the marriage moment Wait a second.
0: Second. the mic is rubbing really bad
1: are we okay?
0: Is oh, usable?
1: yeah, yeah, it was starting to get get bad there, so, yeah. You
0: want, you want to, you might get higher, Mark, just yeah. in case it happens. Yeah, let's do that. Do it a little bit here. Sure. I think you were getting so excited. So oh, yeah. That should be good. Okay. The preacher, yeah. <laughs> i, I I'd try to contain <pre-s1> it. What's my that? My background? I, oh, actually, I was I was for uh, for eight years, from 94 till mm-hmm. 2002, and the, the responsibilities of this have just... Uh, Taken
1: mm-hmm.
0: didn't require greater priority. Am I uh, acceptable for this? Yeah. Yeah, up.
1: we just—you were rubbing up against the mic, I think, when okay. you were moving. Okay. Um, so, what are your thoughts on the marriage amendment?
0: I love my fellow Christians, and it is a disappointment when you understand that you know. I know I make mistakes, and and in my own errors. Uh, and I see that my fellow Christians in this particular situation are also making a mistake, and you know, and, and knowing, you know, there, but thereby for the grace of God there go I. At the same time, I understand just like we also need to preach about the truth that homosexual behavior is a sin according to the Word of God. The same thing is true: is that idolatry is a sin according to the Word of God. And Revelation 21.8 says, "All adulterers shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone." the marriage amendment is not biblical. First of all, not one person was ever married by government in the Bible, ever. So we're not talking about biblical marriage. We're talking about government marriage. And the idea of government marriage is ultimately the idea that suggests society rights is, an, is a concept that's viable. But society rights is marxism it's socialism it's leftism it is not what we conservative evangelicals believe in it is instead the marriage amendment is turning to the false god of big socialist government to define a doctrine that god alone defined we don't need the government to define god's doctrine and the problem is is that the really what we have as an example is the leaders of this have gone the way of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, and that is a perfect Bible study to understand what has gone on with the leadership bringing us, because it is bringing God's people into idolatry to worship the false god of government as the savior of marriage, when God alone defined it, never needed government to define it, and we're not talking about Uh, biblical marriage we're talking about government marriage which isn't biblical if you say marriage is not defined by the government if a person is not married if it's not defined by the government then you've just said every single person in the Bible wasn't married God forbid you've just called them all fornicators God forbid and to define it as one man one woman even though I understand trying to uh, circumvent the biological impossibility of same-sex marriage let's just flat out it's biologically impossible the idea of a one-man, one-woman marriage amendment is also undermining the very Bible. It says that Israel and all, its off- all the offspring of Israel are illegitimate, except those born of the first wife. Except we have Rachel, who's actually technically not the first wife. She's the one who had the feast, but she wasn't the one called wife the first night. It was Leah.
1: So how would you define marriage, then, if, it's not, if you don't accept the definition of one-man, one-woman? What is marriage?
0: Well, it is the marriage. Marriage is indeed a man and a woman, yes. But it is not to the exclusivity that a man can't marry more than one woman. When you look at Revelation, you look at doctrine, you look at... the definition of adultery in Exodus 20 verse 14, thou shalt not commit adultery, the Hebrew word because that's really what we have to care about the Hebrew word for adultery only means woman who breaks wedlock only 22 verses later in the next chapter it says uh, if he take him another wife, her food, her raiment and her duty of marriage shall he not diminish and you go to the Deuteronomy 21 and it will also say if a man have two wives, that's in the law not that we're under the law, but by the law we know what is sin And certainly, polygamy is not a sin, according to the Bible. But it's illegal in the United States. Well, it's illegal primarily because, first of all, individuals have thought it was a sin. That becomes a circular argument. Why is it a sin? Because it's against the law. Why is it against the law? It's because it's a sin. And you just keep going round and round in the same circle. But the key is, it's not. Plus, we live in America, and we believe in the legislative process, and any Christian that's being oppressed by laws, certainly any of our fellow evangelical conservative Christians, would certainly agree we would want to, to rise up and re- get those laws repealed, the laws that would, for example, say that churches can't preach against same-sex, you know, the biological, imma- uh, the biological impossibility of same-sex marriage. Uh, certainly, we would rise up as Christians to say, well, it's against the law. No, we wouldn't. We would rise up against that, and we would, we would preach that, it, uh, that that's not correct the problem is is turning to the false god of big socialist government to define it for us and the revelation i read the book of revelation i read doesn't say that you know the biggest threat to us christians is uh, the biological impossibility of same sex marriage it's it talks about the beast and having control over all and that the ability we can understand the ability to do that is through the continual building up of precedence of socialist, social engineering, Marxist justifications for the false god of big socialist government to the point that has control over all the world, executes the, the war against the saints, and ultimately I can see the marriage amendment as being and having the blood of the killed saints in that war on its hands, having laid one of those leftist, Marxist, socialist engineering type of justifications that the government uses to justify social engineering.
1: Um, a lot of conservatives are arguing that the, um, that gay marriage is a slippery slope and that it's going to lead to aberrant behaviors like polygamy, polyamorous relationships, and on and on and on. What do you say to that?
0: What do you say to those people? Ironically, anti-polygamy is the real slippery slope. It is the idea of the precedent of anti-polygamy laws as forming the foundation for government thinking it has authority when the Constitution, 10th Amendment, and First Amendment make it clear it does not have authority to be involved in marriage. The idea that anti-polygamy laws are there and existing as a foundation to self-justify that false god of socialist government doing that, involving marriage, created the idea that government does have authority to define marriage. And within that precedent, then you've got anybody can come up and start demanding, you know, that, that we've got to have this definition, we've got to have that definition. The reality, if we're a constructionist constitutionalist, there's no authority for government to be involved in marriage. The, I compare it to, would we have a federal gospel amendment? God forbid. Not because of some liberal, you know, separation of church and state mentality reason why we wouldn't have that. God forbid we have the false god of big socialist government defining go- the gospel, defining who's allowed to preach the gospel. You say you have a license to preach the gospel, but nobody else does. God forbid that we do that. God forbid. Well, certainly the gospel is the single most important doctrine for all of humanity than any marriage doctrine. Or we have a federal baptism amendment or a federal Lord's Table amendment. God forbid that we would do that. Well, marriage is the same thing. We don't need to have government defining it at all. The real solution to prevent same-sex marriage is to remove government from being involved, to remove the idolatry of the false god being involved in defining it. And, and it, what people want to imagine in their own minds, you know, the biological impossibility of same-sex marriage, if they choose to imi- imagine that, there's no legal basis, there's no, fa- there's no slippery slope at that point. So the idea of establishing government authority, that's why anti-polygamy is the real slippery slope that brought us to same-sex marriage.
1: Um, what about polyamory? I always pronounce that wrong. Polyamorous, yeah. it's, it's a very out there concept to sure. me.
0: Mm-hmm. Would
1: you say then that, I mean, where does it stop then? Mm-hmm. You know, where does it stop? I mean, if, if okay, if we can have Christian polygamy, then other groups are going to be clamoring saying, hey, what about us?
0: Well, Is if that th- in the Bible? Well, certainly not. Certainly not. Uh, f- fornication is not in the Bible. Um, and Numerous things. Lying will cast you, get you cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. Should Come we on, have a federal that's liar's that's amendment? You know uh, Come on. The, uh, well, the, the key, no, the, see, it's operating on the premise that government has the authority in the first place. What I'm saying is, is that you prevent all of those debates, all of those slippery slope, you know, would be arguments, you prevent all of that by removing the government from doing it anyway from being involved in it anyway you know someone's going to imagine and create their little imaginary ideas like such as the biological impossibility of same-sex marriage then you know unless we're planning on criminalizing that which we you know there's debate on that and that's another issue but ultimately the bottom line is is that it's not about government being used for social engineering if we look at the constitution the only purpose of the constitution is the protection from the infringement of God-given rights. I have a God-given right to be a Christian. I have a God-given right to that freedom of, of religion and freedom of expression. I have that right. Individuals have rights. There's no such thing as society's rights. Society's rights is premised exclusively in Marxism, and anybody ever defending the idea or using society has a right is using Marxist Argumentation and that's not conservative, that's not Christian, and that's not constitutional. So, the point is, is, we need to not even have government there in the first place.
1: What, um, why does polygamy have such a bad rap? Because if government isn't there in the first place, then that means Mormon polygamy is also okay.
0: Well, first of all,
1: is, is that not true? Would that be the case then? Or is that,
0: well, as long as you are within the premise that slavery and the idea of, uh, of forced is what we're talking about. We're talking about what consenting, uncoerced, uh, non-abused adults choose to do. Um, and the idea of what we call forced polygamy that basically creates an obligation or enslaves women, that's just horrendous and that, that's wrong. And that's, that becomes a problem of somebody else's rights being infringed. But for a Christian polygamous family, for example, There is nobody's rights being infringed, and government has no business in being involved in that. You will not find it in the Constitution. You will not find any of that social engineering concept whatsoever. The minute you justify using government for social engineering, you have embraced liberalism.
1: But don't you think like a Mormon polygamist could say, you know, you don't need the government defining what our marriage is? Mm and. You know, according to our belief system, this is okay. You know, this is what our history has taught us. This is what our our faith teaches us, and what we believe.
0: We can take the
1: protection. What makes yours right and theirs wrong? The
0: violation of rights. The violation of rights. Because again, the only purpose for government is the protection of the individual's rights from being infringed. So where it crosses the line of forcing women into polygamy, then, you're, then you've got the whole slavery issue that you're dealing. We're talking about consenting adults. Now, we're not talking about the whole underage thing. We're not talking about these other things. We're talking about consenting adults in an uncoerced environment. And so the difference is, is that you've got the aspects of coerced, And that's where contract law comes into place. You can't enter a contract under coercion, things of that nature. So the idea is, again, not for social engineering, but for the protection of individual rights. So where it crosses the line in infringing an individual's rights and the freedom from slavery is certainly uh, one that we will, uh, as an American right, S- certainly then that becomes a uh, a fundamental principle. That's not a matter of social engineering, that's a protection of individual rights.
1: What do you say to the Christian, to, to those people that are going to see this interview and they're going to laugh, and they're going to say they just can't get their head around this, and they're going to say he's a quack?
0: Well, I understand that there are a couple of different types of responses that individuals do have. Um, I, first, I recognize that Maturity is not necessarily in the presence of all individuals. And certainly when you have a, an intellectual maturity and a spiritual maturity, you understand that there is some uh, intelligence in the argumentation, and you will explore it and investigate it. So anyone that would resort to, you, know, laughing and, and name-calling quackery and all clearly hasn't investigated it and usually is operating on a basis of Uh, fearfulness of it uh, that either their own stereotypical response to it certainly i understand for example that you know all of us are human beings and all of us have our own individual weaknesses and some you know and and sometimes men will have a uh, have a an issue where they know that maybe they are a little flesh oriented and that's that's an inner struggle that they're dealing with and so they'll hear something like this and they will view it the wrong way not hearing what we're saying but you know, from, a, from a spiritual giving and loving and nurturing or woman uh, mentality but rather he, they'll take it from a stereotypical or, 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 in a, in find, or a way to find themselves you know, uh, in a lustful way and then they will either uh, respond you know, that direction and need correction or they will uh, try to uh, hide behind a falsehood of uh, laughing at it, mocking at it, um, because they're just afraid that if they accept it, they're going to find themselves giving in to their own fleshliness. And that's not what we're about. And we would preach right against that alongside any other preacher. You know, so, so I understand that. I also understand that it's a lot of individuals have uh, political constituencies that if they dared and you know, take the boldness to do this certainly this is a testimony of faith to be preaching this this takes boldness and it takes a true uh, you know trusting in the Spirit of God to lead you to to stand up before fellow Christians and, and and say this is really what the Word of God says and to do so with love and not bitterness and to do so with this is the truth that that is a testimony of faith so those leaders that have a constituency that 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 they're afraid of losing their leadership, afraid of losing their power over that, have to sometimes come out with statements to self-justify that, well, this is why we don't accept that, because they need to defend their current position. Uh, and I don't criticize, and I'm not really trying to attack that, because I understand you know, we're all human beings. Mary like Falwell and the research you sent me sure. attacked you,
1: and I mean, I'll, I'm sure a lot of conservatives mm. are very uncomfortable with your message.
0: Sure. Well. Uh, I have basically one thing I would like to say to every single uh, conservative Christian pastor, leader, bring it on, let's have an, an international television event, I'll take all of you on, not because of me, but because the word of God is so true, God's word is so true, I'm nobody, I'm just a vessel, I'm just a you know, I'm nothing, the word of God stands on its own, and, and we can have this debate in front of everybody, I'll ask for a child before all the church, I'm glad to, but you know what? It's not likely to happen. Reason why? Because they'll win, because the truth really is the truth, and the spirit of God is the spirit of God. Hallelujah.
1: Um, now tell me a little bit about your church. Where do you go to mm-hmm. church?
0: Uh, I'm home school, uh, home church, rather, uh, the whole home, home church situation. So
1: how mm-hmm. is, is your church of a bunch of people that are all Christian polygamists?
0: Well, I perhaps I should back up a bit and define Christian polygamist. Uh, while there are practicing Christian polygamists, it's probably not accurate to say that everybody uh, has to be a practicing you know, polygamist family to be Christian polygamists. The Christian polygamy movement, for example, is actually uh, going forward because more and more Christians. Who are in regular churches that you know, throughout various denominations, whether it's Pentecostal or Baptist or, or uh, Grace Only or Law Only, you know the various spans of denominational argumentation. Uh, they're coming from all different types, and, and they're in all the different churches. It's uh, so when, when we're talking about that, is everybody a Christian polygamist? To being a Christian polygamist, really is simply a matter of being a Christian, identifying. Uh, the truth that the scripture does not call polygamy a sin so
1: how big is your church
0: um, it's, it's right now it's less than 50 less than 50 yeah. people and yeah. is it strictly polygamous? oh gosh no no regular it, it, like church you know the thing to understand is that God's word is truth this is just one of them the if we're going to believe all the truth we need to believe all the truth the gospel is still the single most important doctrine for all of humanity you know, salvation needs to be preached. You know, uh, all of these, are, you know, a church is still a healthy church. You know, you, it's not like, you know, suddenly Christian polygamy and that's the only thing that ever matters. No, of course not. It's just, it's about believing the absolute truth of the Scriptures. This is one of those absolute truths, just as the, the any other doctrine. You know, so just as any other healthy church, you, a church isn't, shouldn't be specifically and focused only on one.
1: Do you have any way of quantifying the numbers of Christian polygamists that there are currently? You know, here in this country? Are there pockets in certain areas where it's stronger? Or
0: well, it, it's, it tends to be more of an individual uh, thing, meaning that it's not like there's some sect or some group in some place and you go, you know, go find them and meet the Christian polygamists. It's not like that. Um, Actually, it's it's many Christians in right various churches. So, all we can quantify is those who are necessarily taking action. Uh, we are building momentum and and building uh, safety. Really, is what it is. Uh, it's it's tough for for Christians to come before their church and you know bring this. You know, sometimes they'll be in a situation and the, the church will just pound upon them. Uh, and not give them a chance to even you know just say let's just go through the Bible together let the Bible speak to us not you know the presuppositions of the denomination but to the pastor's credits as well you know they're under great pressure I love the pastors my heart goes out to the, the pressure they're under because if they dare uh, acknowledge the truth of this outwardly which most often because we've had many pastors say they've known it for years but they just there's there was no mechanism by which they could do it because their denominational hierarchy you know holds them to a covenant uh, that they will hold fast to the doctrine of the denomination and certainly if they preached it to uh, the congregation uh, the congregation you know may may panic or think you know he something's up or what's going on with our pastor you know so what we're doing is we are building that organizational support so that as more and more individuals continue to realize this they're now not some lone wacko in their church but rather they're and this is a bona fide growing movement of Christians elsewhere so it, it's a uh, building safety in numbers if you would
1: what do you say to those pastors
0: I love them. I love the pastors. You know, my what heart, do you my heart pastors aches.
1: that are like, where are you coming from? Um, are you reading the same Bible I am, or whatever? I mm-hmm. mean, what sure. do you say to those to the church?
0: Well, I say absolutely. You know, for me, uh, while I, I certainly don't think that the King James version is perfect. I use the King James and go to get back to the Hebrew and Greek with Strong's. As far as I'm concerned, the Hebrew and Greek is the word of God for me that's where I want to get to and I want I want the doctrine to come from the Word of God and, and to
1: those pastors that are really uncomfortable with this
0: right I would be glad to sit down you know, so well, let's go through this let's do this now and, and I'm, I'm glad to answer any of the questions that they that they have, you know, and to help help them and so forth. But at the same time, I'm still cognizant and aware that they've got these pressures built upon them. You know, I've had a number of pastors, you know, confess that you know this is the this is their difficulty, and you know they, if they do this, they're going to look like they've you know some you know there's some lone individual. So, but the fact is, is now we've got an organization, we've got that support they can turn to, and and when they are able and there is an opportunity for them to be able to be bolder with what they're realizing then now they're suddenly not alone they're, they're not you know this, they're, this lone idea of some person out in their their church out in uh, wherever they're located.
1: What about now? Why do you think this is, we're talking about this now? Um, in this culture, in this environment now where people are talking about gay marriage and we are you know engaging in this conversation in this discourse do you think that this is a unique time for your
0: movement? Absolutely, I do. Um, I believe that as we go forward, especially as uh, ever-increasing social government grows and grows and grows, as we know what comes for the end times, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to you know, paint a picture of... Uh, you know, too much. You know, well, over the board eschatology, and 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 or right. Right. You
1: know, but why? Right. Why is now? Why do you think we're having this conversation now? In terms of what's going on in our culture today?
0: Because I believe that as Christians, we have gone the way of trusting. In ourselves and trusting in the false God of big socialist government instead of God. And I genuinely. The leaders have uh, too many of the leaders have gone in the way of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, teaching God's people to trust his government for the solution instead of trusting in God. God never needed the government. God never needed the false god of socialist government to protect His doctrine. God is able. God is in control. And unfortunately, we are abandoning that. We are we are abandoning that, and we are abandoning the truth and operating on our feelings. And just just the reaction that people will have to the truth of Christian polygamy is an example. People are responding on their feelings rather than saying, you know what, we say we're going to preach from the pulpit that we're supposed to believe all of the truth from the scripture, and yet here is a proof of that. And we're getting emotional. And, and so I think it's, a, as we call it, we're continuing the Reformation, and I think it's necessary because God's people need to be called not to go into idolatry, not to follow the way of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, and certainly uh, to not bear the blood of the saints killed by the beast in the war against the saints in Revelation 13. That is, we lay down, instead of laying down those social arguments that give government the uh, in ever-increasing authority to social engineer us, ultimately being prepared to then decree that war against the saints, we don't want to give one of those justifications to that. And that's that's why it's important. Okay, good. I think, got
1: it. Good. I think we're done. Super. I don't know how long
0: we talked, but it seems like you covered you want it. To shut it off?
1: Um. Yeah. Let's just do one real quick. Right You're gonna stay there. What he's gonna do right now is just give me a shot of us sitting here talking.
0: Okay. Can to get a shot of water here? Okay. You want me to stand?
1: No. It's just as if we were still.
0: Oh. Doing oh. Okay. Yeah. Sit there. That'll
1: be fine. And we will. Do you think you um, did you cover it? Did you say everything you had, had hoped on saying? Did we get the point across?
0: I think so. Um, I suppose there was one line I probably should have said when I'm talking about the government. Said, it's not by might, no, by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts, and that's the that's the message. Oh, right. mm-hmm. You know, it's not by government; mm-hmm. it's by the spirit of God.
1: It's kind of like being a. Book there book.
0: you go. <laughs> there you go so, uh, so I suppose missing out on uh, having not said Zechariah 4-6 I should have said that but mm-hmm. oh well because that, that that really summarizes right. the principle that I'm explaining here is, is that we got to stop trusting in government it's not by might not by power but by my spirit said the Lord of hosts you know and that interestingly enough that verse is this is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel. and Zerubbabel translates to those who come out of Babylon. Mm-hmm. Those who come out, and Babylon means confusion. Those who come out of Babylon, and of course we're called to do that, you know, not by might, no by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts.
1: Now, you started, when did you start your magazine in Maine?
0: The uh, July 4th. Uh, not the, magazine, the newspaper. The, the
1: newspaper right. that you were.
0: The Standard Bearer? The Standard Bearer, yes. Okay. Right, which it ceased within like. Six months because this the ministry because just in the end the, the ministry uh, and the direction of truthbearer.org just just. Now took how on.
1: long have you been involved in the movement per se? Um,
0: well, I'd say pretty much from the beginning. Uh, we we pretty much have gotten to the point that we we bring it to. Uh, a movement begins when the the original usable duplicatable rhetoric is laid down so if we if we call july 4th 94 the birth date then i guess you'd say uh, i've been right from day one (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. as founder and you want to be when i refer to you on camera you want me to
0: say mark hankle
1: but i mean is it founder which which um
0: well when you say truthbury.org, and, and it's certainly if you, you know, overlay it across the screen, I would ask that you have the T and the B both capitalized.
1: Okay. Um, well, that's just how b- it is on the, um on I, website. I agree, right? but and it's, how it's, how it it's an often
0: mistake that people just small b. Really? Yeah, so d- it's just a, uh, uh, the association I would rather have it be a, a capital B there. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, Mark Henkel, um, I am uh, known as uh, Mark the Founder. Um, you know, so you're you're okay to use that as long as it's not within you know trying to create some cult of personality. Uh, right. <laughs> you know because it, it's not about me, you know mm-hmm. uh, it's really not. it's about the Word of God. it's about really believing the truth and trusting in God and not the false God of government. That's really what it's about. So I, you
1: get a lot of hate you said, you know <laughs> when we started in on this adventure, um, and I initially contacted you. You right. said you guys get a lot of bogus requests for interviews. Yes, we do. Um, do you get a lot of hate mail and a lot of negative?
0: In the beginning, we got lots and lots. Oh yeah, it was it was definitely lots of hate mail, and sadly from professing Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and again, it, it's like I, I see it as a uh, a, a child who's raised on mother's milk and hasn't grown teeth yet if you give them meat it hurts their gums and it's just hard and so they may throw a tantrum and so i I will have a, a compassionate understanding for that um i recognize that sometimes people have to go through paradigm shifts Oftentimes, for example, you know, a person will start with, it's totally a sin, to then making the paradigm shift, like, for example, that Mr. Pat Robertson said back in 2000, that uh, you won't find the Bible calling polygamy a sin. And then there'll be another paradigm shift, saying, well, you know, it's not really even condemned in the New Testament. You know, it's a shift, right. a shift. You know, um, and because of that, you know, I understand that people are, are at different places along that paradigm-shifting process and but i also understand just as a parent understands a child can't chew meat just yet i'm not going to get angry that you know that they're having a little tantrum you know uh, how do you uh, avoid uh, abuses well some of the techniques i used in making sure you are who you are
1: <laughs> how do you had you no know, i mean within the movement itself um how you know i mean there but by the grace of god mm. and for you know Sometimes, I mean, it would be very easy for a very Bible-believing Christian who, who buys into this to, to slip and to, to sin mm-hmm. and maybe to be abusive or, you know, in terms of there being jealousy or, or all those very human mm-hmm. emotions that sure. are involved in a relationship mm-hmm. among many people. Sure, sure.
0: Um, Abuses happen even in monogamous relationships. Right. Right. Um, but and I'm not
1: specifically. Right? I, know, I I know that. Yeah. I'm not saying. But we can't perfect. stop
0: that either. My point is that we are very emphatic, uh, and it was it was a bit of a, a a battle to really stand up and demand love, not force, and and that would be something. Both the you know, the two points that I would like that you make sure you clarify is uh, that we're not Mormon, and also love, not force. Right. dot com.
1: Which you made that. Uh,
0: right. Right. Um, the love not force, and that's why it's even got its own separate website, lovenotforce.com, is the standard. And if it, you know, the, the idea that you can just force polygamy on a wife, that's just abusive. You know, that's not the covenant that you made. You know, with your wife. You know, if if she's not, you know, uh, embracing, uh, you know, this situation, you made a different covenant with her. You know, and she's, and that's not, a, you, you just can't go your co- against your covenant. I mean, you know, remember the Gibeonites, you know, God expects us to honor our covenants. You know, uh, if we want to make, if we mutually agree to make new covenants, that's different, but you don't have the authority to unilaterally do that. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, love and love force is truly the standard. In so what covenant. happens
1: if somebody's like in a polygamous like Christian polygamous relationship, and, you know, you find out. You know, some guy is beating his wife, or you know, he—I uh, don't know.
0: He, I mean, it would we respond seem, like any other Christians would respond. As well, I mean, under any circumstances, that like, it's really not.
1: Is jealousy not really a big issue? Well. Let me tell you, I wouldn't be too thrilled about my sure. husband.
0: I understand that, and, uh, I and I'm not saying it has to be for you. This isn't to say everybody that's has right. to. You know, that's not what we're saying. We're not saying that. You know, we're just saying oh, where it will happen and it should happen. Really, you know, this would have been another. If people
1: are inclined towards right. that, or if people are interested in exactly consentual right?
0: Well, I, I go one step further. The Bible gives us doctrine on that too. First Corinthians seven seventeen. But as God hath distributed to every man, as the Lord hath called everyone, so let him walk, and so ordain I in all churches. Be it no wife, one wife, or more than one wife. Right. It's only as God some calls.
1: Right. And some people aren't called to that.
0: Absolutely. We're not suggesting that it's a you know it's everything, and it's certainly not you know about making women a a, a, a product or an object or, or something of that nature. But it's actually a, a truly a, a ministerial. To, to, to give, you know, recently you had a, uh, a guest on your show, um, on the 700 Club, that um, was a gentleman who was, uh, had something like 19 children that they had uh, um, uh, adopted, or 13 of them were adopted, I think it was five was original yeah. or something like that, and one from every country, you know, they were going on and on uh, with that, and th- here is a one man and one woman giving their love to 19 children, yeah. and I have no problem with that. Yeah. And certainly, if we can accept and understand that a man is capable of that kind of love and, and Christian authority and, and, and giving of himself, then certainly how much the more in a family where, say, one wife wants to work, another wife wants to stay home with and homeschool the children, and th- they both get to do what they actually want to do, and the husband is offering love, and now you have three adults loving, say, eight children or three children. Do well, certainly you have a greater dedication. But
1: Christian if people... If, if for people that are Christian polygamists that are involved in this lifestyle, they still have to do it very um, you didn't want to talk about your own personal exactly. involvement sure, sure. or non involvement. Right, right, right. right. Um, but obviously you know I can draw my own conclusions. I mean you wouldn't be doing this if you weren't involved in it. But I'm not even gonna talk about that in my story. Well, you're
0: welcome to believe your your CIs.
1: I'm welcome to have my conclusions. Yes you are or my opinions. <laughs> <and for> my <laughs>
0: Suspicious, whichever way. I don't but
1: um, now, after having said all that, I probably lost my point. Um, see, you had I started had with jealousy. Well, the jealousy thing, but... Um,
0: and I was talking about the man adopting 19. 14.
1: Right, and having enough love for all those... Oh, well, it's still... you ha- For those people that are doing this, I mean, what if they do get caught? You use the example of a man that you know who... Uh, took a woman in and, and took her out of an abusive situation. Actually, and it was a
0: whole family. It was a husband and wife.
1: That, But but didn't wasn't the wife separated from her husband or the husband and wife got into... The
0: ex-husband. The
1: ex-husband...
0: Had abandoned her.
1: Abandoned her, yeah. right. But you talked about this example and that she, they were separated
0: or weren't separate.
1: even legal, the woman and this man.
0: Uh, oh, or yeah, ex- he had a They were divorced. Of, they were divorced. He was out of the picture. He and wasn't then even she, a believer.
1: She became a Christian plagamist. Right. She, she was the femme, the a to
0: The whole With
1: children. And right. then somebody found out about him and social services came and took kids away and all this kind of stuff. Well,
0: actually, no, what it was in that scenario was um, the husband who had uh, raped you know her during the right. times when they had been married, uh, legally married. Um, had basically uh, just everything about this individual was about control and, and you know attacking right. this poor woman which usually rape, that's what rape is or I mean, that's what that's all about it's not so much the sex it's the right. is the abuse of woman um, and found a new way discovered you know, a method of of how to you know attack her again uh, and you know when it got discovered that you know the, the the children were thriving and it was a very positive environment and all that and of course he just couldn't have that you know, we just wanted another way to, you know, to a psychologically abuse her. Absolutely, that—that's what it was. Um, and but can you I, can Christian polygamists
1: act? You know, within our legal structure today. I mean, or does it have to be
0: behind doors? It, It's more of a. Uh, uh, it's a. Co- it, it's living quietly. Really. Um, you know, because that makes the paradox, you know, living, having to live quietly, what I say meaning quietly, meaning you know, not, you know, keeping your nose clean, just living your life, committed to Christ, you know, following, you know, the truth of God and just raising your children up in the Word of God and raising them up right and giving love, but being quiet about, you know, not you know, going out and, you know, being all kinds of, you know, public displays and, you know, that kind of a situation, not trying to be an attention getter. You know and that's of course the paradox because you know to get more people to understand about us they need to know right, <laughs> know about right. Us. but it, it, it is a uh, a great difficulty there is no uh, legal marriage for any second wife because of the, the laws as they are currently standing but then again we're not needing government to define marriage anyway
1: you don't have a wedding ring on I, I've
0: I have been uh, very happily married, never divorced.
1: Oh, you're telling me! I'll tell you something
0: that. about yourself. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you that. But you I'll, don't wear a wedding ring. Um, well, because I'm an absolute advocate in love not force. I love women. I love. You know, and I love woman in all that she can be, all that she is. Uh, you know, it's a. Um, and, and I mean that from the just the. uh, not in a not in a condescending looking down at woman, right and not an idolatry looking up at her like she's some fleshy piece of meat that you know that I'm like a wolf for it's, it's
1: why is the, why does uh, mormon polygam- polygamy
0: mm-hmm.
1: why why has there been so much abuse within the lDS sect or you know why is that occurring, and why does it not occur with Christian polygamists?
0: well. I have to basically set two things. One is um, the Mormon Foundation. Again, it comes back to my little example about rainy Day, sunny day, and the adjective that modifies the noun. And the Mormon, you have to understand the, pre- the presuppositions that go into the Mormon reason for polygamy versus the presuppositions with Christian polygamy. The only presuppositions for Christian polygamy is that we believe the absolute truth of the scriptures, and two, the husbands are to love their wives as selflessly and nurturingly and givingly as Christ went to the cross for the churches. That's 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 our only role model. That's our presupposition. Whereas the Mormon presupposition has this um, uh, forceful idea that you know that women better do it if they don't if they don't, they're not going to get into this third heaven and I mean it's a very imaginative <laughs> <laughs> religion, you know and, and the idea that, of this pre-existence of souls, you know that you that creates an obligation then you know women have to basically become baby factories, all of these types of things. Create a a forced obligation that ultimately enslaves the woman, and that's why it's creating these problems that women are are not being uh, valued as the wonderful blessing that she is. That is Christ sees the church. You know, man needs to look at woman as Christ sees the church.
1: Are you similar in any way to Mormon polygamous lifestyle in any way? Are there any similarities other than purely numerical?
0: <coughs> Uh, I would say probably not really it, it's it's the presupposition you always have to go to the adjective the mm-hmm. presupposition is is fundamentally different yeah you know just just like we wouldn't say Mormons are the same as Christians right you know or, and the same thing you know some of abu- some people will claim to be Christian and then they go and they get abusive that doesn't mean that right. all Christians. have you ever are been um, called a cult well some have uh, tried to suggest that but I think that if you go to, fundamentally it's impossible to call us a cult because when we're not trying to be anyone, we're actually wanting to bring this out to the churches, uh, We're not trying to create a new denomination or a new sect, and certainly to span so many different denominations and to basically all what, what we really want is the churches to recognize the truth. We're right. continuing the Reformation. That, we can't possibly be a cult, right? Because we're not trying to be in it okay. that way. I know your time must be in my well, time. Well,
1: your time. I want to be sure you don't miss your flight.
0: That's true. That's, um, right. that's very true. And well, I think it went very well. I agree. I hope you are pleased with it. I am. Well, I, I very much appreciate, again, the extra effort that you made to come here. Yeah, Thank It was you. a little bit, you know. but that's
1: okay. And yeah. I do have another interview here. So it worked out. I mean, okay. up yeah. until a week ago, you have never talked to me before, and I'm sure you would have had the same... Mm-hmm rapport with with any number of our other
0: reporters and that so may very well have been you know but at the same time but it
1: made you more comfortable and I i'm glad I'm, but he don't strike me as a person who has any problem talking though so no. i think he would have done
0: fine Oh, and, and i'm sure of that my, my, again my problem is um, how it's you know what what, what the what i'm going to do with it well yeah
1: yeah that's
0: true you know i looked at it this is our first encounter because as far as i'm concerned you know, uh, we've just scratched the surface. Yeah. You're going to be wanting to talk to I'm me. Sure. I'm and, sure.
1: <laughs> and I think that, <laughs> You know, you know I think Pat will um, be very engaged. I'm yeah. sure he'll have some interesting things that you can throw up on your website. That's sure, for
0: sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure of that as well. Um, there you go. Like I said, I, I am so open and ready for yeah. it. And even Pat and Mr. Robertson himself, you know, I mean, just, I'm ready for it because this is just so true, you know, yeah. and it's, and if, and if people take nothing else about this... We're talking about a higher devotion of Christ-like love. Right. Really. And, right. and, and that's ultimately what we're mm-hmm. supposed to be as Christians. Mark Henkel is National Polygamy Advocate. Presented polygamy to the public since 1994. NationalPolygamyAdvocate.com